0: Hello and welcome to Checkup Chat with Evergreen Health. I'm Scott Webb, and I'm here today with Executive Medical Director and Physician at Evergreen Health Emergency Department, Kevin Hansen. Welcome, Dr. Hansen. Emergencies can happen at all hours of the day and night. When you have a medical emergency, you want to be seen and diagnosed as quickly as possible. However, hospitals across the state are seeing higher volumes of people, resulting in longer than normal wait times. So, Dr. Hansen, the key takeaways for today's podcast is really to clarify what someone can expect from their care and how the triage process really works. Before we begin, maybe you could share a little bit about when someone should seek out emergency care.
1: Someone should seek out care when they really are concerned about more life-threatening emergencies. So, as example, someone who has chest pain, someone who is actively bleeding, someone who's short of breath or having stroke symptoms, those are the very appropriate times to be seeking out emergency care.
0: Yeah, and some of the buzz you know sort of sayings you know time is brain time is heart so those are important things if it's heart related you get there if it's stroke related you know brain related get there sure. uh, and i did one the yeah and i did one the other day about some other unusual condition and she was talking about if your hand ever turns blue, and I said, Doctor, I'm going to add to that, time is hand as well. <laughs> so I've kind of coined a new phrase, but in all seriousness, Doctor, what can people expect so they're having one of these conditions, some sort of emergent, alarming, emergency-type conditions, so when they go to the emergency department, what can they expect?
1: When someone arrives in the emergency department and comes in what we describe as through the front door, they'll end up in the triage process, and I think that's a process that often is misunderstood. So it's a process where basically where we assess a patient, we will have a registrar and a nurse and often one of our ED technicians work together as a team to really assess a patient when they come in. The registration personnel will get the person in our electronic medical record so we can see their past history easier while our tech and nurse will really assess the patient what's their medical condition today. What are their vital signs? There's a reason they're called vital signs as they are vital. They help us assess and say how sick is a patient when they come in. You can have normal vital signs and be very sick, and you can have obviously abnormal vital signs and be quite sick as well. So really it's a matter of us sort of sorting through what are the conditions that someone presents with today and then trying to see the sickest patients first in the emergency department. That's one of the misnomers. A lot of times you go to other type of venues and it's first come, first served. In an emergency department, we really need to take the sickest patients first. Often we want to get everybody back quickly because obviously you wouldn't be in an emergency department (laughs) unless you felt you were having an emergency. That being said, we have to triage and decide who is the sickest and get them back to the resources first.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure there are times where you're thinking to yourself, Maybe this wasn't an emergency. Maybe you didn't need to come straight here. But, you know, people are concerned and we'd rather they seek medical attention than not, especially if it is something more serious. Wondering if the process is different at all. If someone calls 911 versus them sort of driving themselves in, is the triage process the same?
1: I would say the process is slightly different if someone calls 911. So in the area where we live, If you call 911, oftentimes you will get the fire department or a private ambulance company that comes out and evaluates you. I would say the majority are the fire departments that will come out or the medics will come out, depending on what your complaint is. If you call 911 and your complaint is, you know, somebody collapsed and they're not breathing, the medics are going to be dispatched immediately. If you call 911 and you have abdominal pain and are vomiting, a fire department may come out first and assess you. And really the triage process is in the field as well. So in other words, the fire department or medics will come out and do essentially what the triage nurses are doing when someone drives into the emergency department. They're assessing the situation. What are the complaints? What are the vital signs? They're able to intervene with IVs and checking glucose levels and EKGs and rescue things such as CPR if they need to or intubate you if you need to. So they're able to intervene in the field. And subsequently, they're communicating with us in the emergency department, either with a nurse or with a physician and communicating with us what is coming in from an ambulance, essentially, in the field. So a lot of that process is happening the same. It's just happening when you're at home or when you're in your car, if you got in a car wreck, those sorts of things. Right. Right. And then the patient comes in almost directly to a room, I would say, the vast majority of the time. Occasionally, a patient will be triaged back out to the waiting room if their only mechanism into the facility was via ambulance. An example of that would be when someone gets in a car wreck that's not severe, but they can't drive their car. They're sick enough to need assessed, but they're medically stable. So they will sometimes go to our waiting room, but that is the exception, not the rule.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean, the exception, not the rule, for sure. So then besides the triage system, because I know, at least speaking only for me, both of my kids have been to the emergency room many times over the years, and sometimes wait times are high. So besides the triage system, is there any other reasons you can tell us or explain why ED wait times can be so high?
1: It's really a function of the acuity and the volume of patients often. I would tell you it is not as frequent that it is around staffing. I think the perception is that we don't have enough nurses or physicians or those sorts of things, but the reality is it's a matter of volume that comes in the door. There is some consistency to an emergency department, and I think that if you don't live in that world every day, people don't know that. There is predictable volumes. Certain days of the week are always busier certain times of the day are always busier. And we attempt to staff for those sort of busier days and busier times. But there's always the unpredictable event. A good example is the ice storm that happened a few weeks ago, where you wouldn't have predicted that there was an ice storm on a certain day of the week. And all of a sudden, you're going to have 200 people show up that fell on the ice and injured and broke their extremities. So it's those sorts of things that can really affect sort of the wait times as well.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean. Is there anything we should do before we go to the ED? I mean, sometimes, obviously, in the case of an emergency, we're not thinking about, oh, I better bring this, I better bring that, or how does my hair look, or whatever. But generally (laughs) speaking, what should we do if we have time to plan? What should we do before we go?
1: if folks have time to plan which oftentimes they don't and we understand that right but if they do have time to plan some of the things that are more helpful to expedite your care and to make your care better are to make sure you understand your medical history if you don't know your medications if you don't know who your physicians are if you don't know, you know what surgeries have you had those are things that are extremely helpful and i would say if i had to focus on one thing it's really understanding the medications it's really surprising how many times we see patients and we ask them what's your history and they'll tell me i have high blood pressure or i've had a stroke in the past what medications do you take for that and they're like the little white pill and i take it twice a day <laughs> and, and it's the about reality this <laughs> is knowing the medications <laughs> is that little white pill a blood pressure medicine or is it a blood thinner but right immensely changes the workup and sort of your evaluation So if you can't understand the pills or you don't necessarily have them written down, bring the actual bottles. That's extremely helpful for us. And I think it's really understanding someone's history is probably the most important thing that oftentimes can delay their care.
0: For sure. We were talking about wait time. So knowing your history, uh, being familiar with your family history, grabbing your meds before you go, then you don't have to try to pronounce those names and remember all of them. You know, the little pill, it's about this big, it's white. Yeah. Exactly. This has been really helpful today as we wrap up here. What would just be your final thoughts and takeaways when we think about people listening to this and when they should call 911, when they can drive themselves, what they should do before they go, what they can expect once they get there? Wrap it up for us, doctor.
1: Yeah, I would say no one ever intends to come into the emergency department. No one ever wakes up thinking, today's the day I'm going to go to the ER. I would want people to know that it's appropriate if you're concerned about a medical emergency that we are there for you 24/7, 365 days a year. It's one of the reasons that emergency physicians go into emergency medicine. We will take care of anybody, anywhere, anytime. And that's really important to know that we're there for the community and we're there for our patients. And so we hope that we don't have to cross paths with someone but when we do, we're there to take care of them.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. That's well said. And as you say, by definition, you really can't plan for an emergency, but it's good to know if we're having one, some things we could think about or someone else who's helping us could think about before we go and then what to expect when we get there. And as you gave us some great suggestions, how to maybe speed up our wait times would be to have some of the answers that doctors are going to want to know, like uh, what's your family history? What's your history? What meds are you on? And so on. So great stuff today, doctor. Thanks so much. You stay well.
1: All right. Thank you very much for your time.
0: Evergreen Health offers three emergency department locations in Redmond, Kirkland, and Monroe. If you're unsure of what level of care you need, call the Evergreen Health Nurse Healthline at 425-899-3000. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Evergreen Health podcasts. For more health tips and updates, follow us on your social channels.